Oh man, do I love that song. I guess it's a chant, it's not a song. Maybe it's a chant, yeah. All right, everybody, we are back. We are back with Seminole Sideline 365. It is Thursday, July 28th. Oh, it's yeah. Already over. Uh, it's coming by quickly, but we are here regardless. And, and guess uh, what? Whether you're here or not, the climb continues, KB. The climb continues with or without you. You, you know, it's about the team. It's not about one of us. It's not one player. It's the team. It's talking, the fans together. Talking like a paid media man right there. What? Um, <laughs> not paid by anybody. I'm not, hey, I'm not out here begging for money and ringing silly bells and horns and stuff like well, that. We're not I'm, asking anybody. Not hey, yet. give it, give not it to yet. the NIL. Not yet. But uh, while we're at that, before we go too deep, we want to remind you, if it's your first time or 15th time, be sure to like, subscribe to the channel. Every every like counts. Um, but if you can't make the live show, you can always check the audio uh, 24 hours after this show. This will be posted on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, basically wherever you consume uh, your music and podcasts. Uh, the audio version of this will be available uh, the next day. So, uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe there as well. It's totally free. And uh, we'd love you to get a download and subscribe there. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's get into it. Uh, Bruce, how's it going on here and how, how's the week been? Very, very hot here in Florida, but we're getting rain just about every day, which cools things down and keeps my yard nice and green without me running my irrigation system. How about that? I, yeah, I, we have everything with the heat, but except the rains. I think we had hit 100 over the weekend, uh, last weekend, and it's been steady 89, 95-ish. All the way through with like 60% humidity. So, uh, yeah. It looked like it was yeah, that, rain, which it yeah, yeah, the country's on fire. I mean, the oh, fires God. out west are unbelievable. You know what's really bad about wow. that is is when they start to get in towards those the sequoias, trees, you know, the, the ancient trees and stuff. I mean, that, that those have to be protected. I don't care what they do, but those have to be protected. You know, so but yes, everyone stay cool out there. I'm trying to stay cool over here myself. Uh went to a soccer game this past week and it was a good time, but it was where'd you go? Was, Who was I that? Went, went to see the local DC United MLS oh. team in DC, but it was it was 97 degrees at night. It was it was oh. hot and muggy, oh. but it was fun. It was a good time. But uh, cool. yeah. Um but yeah, we'll get into it. A lot a lot going on today, as you can probably see by the title of the show. Uh, two main topics we're gonna go after uh review over what happened at the first week of practice as we kicked off. Uh, essentially, um, you know, getting back in pads um, uh, with FSU football. Excited to see all the new guys, the freshmen, getting their first um, at-bats with Coach Norvell. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about a, a, a trending topic. This is a topic that kind of comes and goes, um, but now with NIL firmly in place, it, it's a more interesting topic with, um, you know, unionization potential in college football. Uh, you may have seen the article surrounding Penn State, uh, in Big Ten media days. I know it's not directly related to Florida State, but this is something that's going to potentially affect the entire football landscape. And, and obviously it could affect Florida State as they potentially are realigning with a new conference in the next couple of years. Um, so we'll be discussing that and we'll be discussing an organization um, who who is kind of at the forefront of this with the uh, College Football Players Association. Um, so we'll, we'll be discussing them. We may have a guest from that organization joining us today. 
if not, we're going to proceed onwards because uh, schedules are there's some conflicts in schedule. So we hope to have someone on. If not, uh, we have a lot to go over there and to see. And we're going to talk about how, like I said, how it could really impact not just not just Florida State, but the entire NCAA landscape. So we have a couple of great things to go over there. So, yeah, let's take it to the first thing. Uh, week one practice. Um, exciting things there. Uh, kind of like what we said on Twitter. I don't know about exciting. Us. Well, Katie, I was going to say, I, you sound like you've been to the coaching class yeah. now, 101, exciting. That's all I hear is the word. Well, I was going to say, is what I posted on Twitter was that starting this week, there was going to be a lot of overreactions to uh, what is going on. So, you know, this you know, is. One of, you know, one of the best tweets that I saw this week from a Florida State person was, he goes, why do I keep looking at those practice films? I get sucked in every it's, year it's and I'm so disappointed. And it's true. It is. It's so true. It's very true. Yeah. People see you one catch and. Oh, Travis, yeah. This guy's an All-American. Yeah. Jordan Travis looks bigger. And it's the same. Rather, Jordan Travis got bulked up in the, you know, in the training it program. Ter- it's, and stuff it's like bad. that. And it's like. It's what it is. Yeah, exactly. You got to take it with. If you want to you know, be excited you know, about things, let me say this. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I hope some fans are. Ah, oh, these guys are negative, and this. No, it's not. Negativity should never be taken for reality. Okay, it, negativity should never be taken for reality. But a lot of people see it, see reality as negative. If we're talking about it, well, we don't sugarcoat it. It's kind of boring stuff. It's like the spring game. Not a lot goes on. You don't learn a lot. And and right now they're not really hitting. They're not, they're just in shells. That means no, no full pads. And that's normal for any football team as you gear up for this. But it is kind of boring. The and I tweeted out just in the last hour or so, the most notable highlight, no significant or notable injuries. Yeah. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing yeah, uh, yeah. right now is that yeah. you want to come out of these practices with uh, no injuries, um, and, and that's really the biggest thing. You yeah, some about. freshman didn't come in trying to make his name and crush Jordan Travis, and he's out for the season. Yes. Okay, that 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 is not what we want to hear. You know, and that's a good way for a freshman to get kicked off the team, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, like, like you said, it's not negativity, but it's like, we don't want to get over dramatic about a good thing or a bad thing. Guy catches the ball today. He's probably going to drop one tomorrow. So you don't want to, you don't want to go on this pendulum of, of emotions just because it is so early. You guys haven't caught balls in a couple of weeks um, or you know, more than that, a couple of months, maybe with the coaching staff. So it's just, it's a learning experience to get up to speed. You know, it's, we're less than 30 days away from the first game of the season. You know, so. one, one of the things I never see on tape, and I, I assume they have one or two of these things, is the jugs machine. You know, the football jugs machine that shoots the balls out. Julio Jones had just joined the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they're excited about that move. He said the first day he's out there, he caught like 100 balls off the jugs machine. I've never seen one on any of the training tapes. I don't know why that is. Maybe they don't have one. I don't know. I'm sure they have one, but just because we don't, once again, just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. So no, understand that. Understand. That. I think, I think they're just easing into it now. I think they, the coaching staff pretty much has an idea of who they have penciled in, who they want in starting positions. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. if that person's not up to full performance, then obviously they'll be subject to more rotations. Right. Sure. And I think we're going to see more rotations this year. In, in the defensive line 
uh, especially we're going to see more rotations, keep fresh guys in there early in the season because the heat down here is immense. You know, we're talking yeah. 90, 100 degrees, very high humidity, and the teams that come down uh, to play us down here are going to feel that if they're not practicing in the heat. Yeah, okay? absolutely. And, and Duquesne's going to find that out real quick because they're not going to have a lot of depth anyways. And, and our rotation of depth is going to absolutely obliterate them. Well, so, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where you see which who comes into who's coming in shape. You know, which of your players are, are prepared to start practice in shape who don't have to go through more conditioning. You know, who, who are the ones that are ready to play football? And especially, like you said, depth being a, you know, you have 19 scholarship offensive linemen taking reps right now, which is probably a record in, in the last couple of but seasons. But that's a good thing. It, no, yeah, absolutely. It's a good thing. Um, after you brought six people in, new people in, transfers and freshmen, um, it's it's huge to have that amount of depth right now. Um, but, uh, you know, these practices count because, like like you were talking about, you want to see conditioning. You also want to get those new transfers integrated into everything as you come up to three, three weeks out from your first game. Um, I think it's really important. So, you know, like like you said, there's not too many takeaways right now. You have 19 practices, 19 practices leading up to the Duquesne game here in, in less than 30 days, um, you know, to get to, you know, take advantage of that as you can. I think some of the things, biggest news coming out of it, uh, you have a special guest on campus. Uh, you had Ryan Leaf, you know, I, I think we all know his journey from, you know, kind of probably right. the biggest NFL right. bus to right. his kind of journey of redemption, stuff like that. So right. it's kind of cool to see things like this, where you have a guy like this who can, it's not just about the performance, it's, getting to the next level is how you can handle those off season, you know, off the field issues and navigating life and stuff like that. So I think it's cool that they do this as part of camp. And, and well, it's part of a motivational thing as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, they bring in various speakers who have had victories and they've had losses. They've had downtime and what they've learned from these things. So this is a good time to bring this all together because we know from last year and we know this year, there's going to be ups and downs. It's a bumpy road. It's a long season. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yep. we're going to find out when you hit those bumps, how do we respond? How do yep. we respond? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I thought that was, that was a, a cool thing there. Um, yep. Other things of notes, uh, I think is um, what I wanted to bring up uh, a couple other things. So you had some guys added to watch lists. You know, this is the time of year where you get guys uh, added to like, you know, uh, you know right. who, who the awards list and stuff like that uh, before the start of the year. Right. Um, so you had, I believe it was Dylan Gibbons was just added to the uh, Werfel trophy watch list uh, right. for veteran off, uh, you know, for, for the Lyman's, Lyman's lower list. Yeah. Off of the Lyman list. So yeah. there, um, you know, he does a lot off the field, which is great. Um, right. But the, I think the Werfel award in particular um, it is really about, you know, charitable causes and things like that. So, right, right. Um, well, a I, number, I, of, a number of players have been added to watch list. Jamie Robinson has been added to that list and there's been a couple other guys. Yeah, it, it's on meant there. for community service and leadership achievement. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. It, I think he's, he's one, once again, he's, he's been a great leader on the team. The stuff he does off the field with NIL for charitable causes is great. So him being added to that list is great. And, you know, obviously the, uh, the, yeah, I, I think that the last two days, the hype continues and everybody's excited now, and everybody feels there's been so much improvement. This team is more of a team this year than it was last year, and that they can deal with both winning and 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 problems as we go along. And so, of course, there's hype for every team early in the season. 
So we're going to see how this plays out uh, real quick. Um, yeah. Uh, and the other thing of note, um, I think, is are you familiar with Gerald, uh, Gerard Ross, uh, former uh, Florida State player? Yes. Uh, so he was brought on staff. You may have seen that. Right. Um, right. Now. So it's it's re- kind of this recurring pattern of bringing back former Florida State players as right. on the field, off the field staff. Uh, and I think it's a right. good move of bringing those alumni players back. And Corey Ooh. Simon. Corey Simon's back in on the alumni side, I believe. He's on the booster side. Yeah, he's on you the already booster had, side. You had brought Corey Fuller back as the director of football relations earlier right. in the year. And a lot of these guys are are high school coaches in the area. So and they, Corey they, Fuller is a motivator, man. Yeah, he yeah, is a motivator. Yeah, he's great. But you, I think it's yeah. smart, one, because – you know, you have these passionate alumni that have great way that works, but two, right. they have prominent positions at a lot of these local high schools that have talent right. in them. So you you right. have those connections, whether or not they're in recruiting roles or not, you know, whether on the field, off the field, they, they bring that experience with them. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. I think it's a, a great addition. So, you know, you're bringing back a, a, another former player, which I, I think right. is great. And, and Ross, um, who will, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does, but you, his impact won't probably be as prominent as, as you would see as as some of these other guys we've talked about but i thought it was an interesting addition there exactly um, so that's kind of that's kind of where we are in the first two days of practice so yeah. you can watch a lot of the film that's on youtube from uh other uh other media and uh and enjoy it or you know but you're not going to gain a lot from that at this point absolutely absolutely so yeah um yeah so i think uh we're ready to go into our next topic here and i'm excited about it and we actually have a very special guest with us so uh, like we talked about before uh you know with the college football players association um it it is uh something that has been trending recently uh in in the news uh, you know kind of involving penn state and, and how potential uh forming of this organization across the NCAA or starting at Penn State. So we wanted to come from it from a position of knowledge. We brought on a special guest here. Uh, we have Alonzo Creighton, uh, who is representing the organization uh, from the leadership committee side. Um, Alonzo, can you hear us? Yes, I can. How are you guys doing? Hey, great, great Alonzo. Thanks for coming on. No problem. And, and like I was saying, Absolutely. And like I was saying, Alonzo is on the leadership committee uh, of the CFP uh, PBA. And uh, we brought him on because he, you know, obviously he brings, you know, the credibility from the organization. He's he's involved in the organization being a former athlete. So, uh, Alonzo, can you just give our audience kind of a little bit of background on yourself and how you came to be involved with the organization? All right. Uh, well, like he said, my name is Alonzo Creighton. I'm from Perville, Louisiana. I played football at Dutchtown High School with, uh, I could say, a few recognizable names. You guys know, like Justin Reed, uh, mm. Eric Reed, Eddie mm. Lacy, uh, Landon Collins, people like that. Um, mm. uh, out of high school, I went to the University of Minnesota where I played three and a half years and mm. I played for Coach Kill. I played for Coach mm. Clays and I played for Coach Fleck my last year. Mm. I ended up tearing my ACL. The, I want to say the third game of that mm. season against Middle Tennessee. Mm. Uh, and throughout my whole college career, I had Professor Stahl is who I know him as, mm. but you guys may yeah. know him as Jason yeah. Stahl. Yeah. Uh, he is one of the, I want to say the toughest professors I had, but he was down to earth to me and me and him connected on a, a different level besides just teaching. He was able to basically let me know that, I could make it and he was a good rock to lean on whenever I was by myself in, in Minnesota. So I appreciate him a lot, but, uh, I ended up transferring to nickel state. I'm a defensive back. So I played safety. Um, 
they moved me all around the field. I played corner at Minnesota. I played mm -hmm. nickel and safety at Nickel State. Um, I played for uh, two years. I ended up basically bouncing back from an injury uh, at Nickel State. My first year, I was dealing with an ACL tear, and it my meniscus was messed up. I just wasn't mm -hmm. healing right, so I took the year off. Then uh, I ended up transferring after that first year and went to North Alabama where I finished my football career. And uh, it was just was a blessing that I was able to find a team like North Alabama and with a great coaching staff like Chris Willis and mm -hmm. uh, Coach Stedman. Uh, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great opportunity to be able to play there and finish my career. That's great to hear. And thank you for the background. In fact, Alonzo, my uh, oldest daughter, was studying there at North Alabama. Okay. So she she says it was a really fine institution. It is. Beautiful yeah. place, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, thank you, Alonzo, for that background. And like I said, we're excited to have you on. Could you just give us a little bit of background of how you came to be part of, of the organization, uh, the College, uh, College Football Players Association, um, and, and kind of, yeah, how you how you got started with it and, and what, what attracted you to it? Okay. Uh, I want to say about a year ago. Well, the, the year date was a day ago, I want to say today. Uh, mm -hmm. But a year ago... Professor Stahl texted me and he was calling me, calling me, calling me. And I was just wondering why he was calling me. And I eventually picked up the phone and he was like, Alonzo, I'm starting this organization. Uh, it's going to be a players association. And I want you to be a part of it because I know you care about the game of football and you are passionate about the game of football. And I was very hesitant at first. I wasn't. I, I was dealing with my own football situation. Sure. I was back at my house. I was trying to make ends meet because FBS football is different than FCS football. So, mm -hmm. you know, you don't get a lot of the privileges that you would expect being mm -hmm. at such a high establishment like Minnesota or anywhere in the Big Ten, SEC, ACC. Sure. So I was just focused on myself a lot and I kind of ignored them. And looking back on it, it, it was messed up, but – I understood I understood his persistent and I appreciated like his dedication to what he had going on and mm -hmm. he never gave up. He still never gives up and he pushes for it and he reached out to me. And like I said, he he wanted me to be a part of it. I was hesitant. I researched into it and then he called me one day and I was with my girlfriend at the time mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I might as well go ahead and basically invest in my professor because I know he has the right intentions and mm -hmm. he has the right heart for what he's doing. And I know he's the right person for it because sure. he knows what we're going through. He knows what I went through. He mm -hmm. helped me get through what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I went through three different coaches. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not easy being from Louisiana, going to Minnesota, yep. 1200 miles away, and then having three different coaches, not even the guy that came into your house and talked to your mom and told you that mm -hmm. he was going to take care of you. He was going to provide, he, that's, that's a whole different story. Yeah. So for Professor Stahl to be that type of person in his heart, I, I knew I, I had to be, I had to be a part of, it and I had to be supportive. So that's let me ask. Let me ask you this, Alonzo. What I get, I get the uh, what the what the organization kind of is about. But in your words, what is this organization about, and why was it founded by Professor Stahl? I believe that it's taking the 
voice of the player and letting it be heard instead of having a, a coach speak on their behalf and having an athletic trainer speak on their behalf. Because personally, I went through injuries and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it was because of the new coaching staff or the old coaching staff or this strength and conditioning coach or that strength and conditioning coach, but all that should be observed and monitored. They just mm-hmm. put in a sheet of paper and submit it in, and every coach and staff probably has the same exact workout schedule sheet submitted to the to the. So it's not nothing different. Mm-hmm. But if you take somebody who quali- wants to look at the quality and check over it and sees the value in the health of the player, and not just he'll be all right, they'll be all right, they're fine. The players actually get to speak for themselves and let it be known why they're not playing and why they're what's wrong with them and what they need and for exist for example in COVID, mm-hmm. it was a whole different a bunch of he say she say this that but nobody asked the players really what they wanted like if mm-hmm. if you take the time to it's not hard to send out a survey it's not hard to send <laughs> out a few different things to ask what the collective college football wants and what the players want mm-hmm. and that's all we side by that's all we want mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's having that, like you said, being heard, feeling like you're heard as a collective unit versus having the NCAA or the athletic director speak on your behalf. Is how, that how, yeah. How, Alonzo, how is that different than what you would normally have on the football team? As you know, you have your you have your leaders who usually meet with the coaching staff to express problems or other concerns. How is what you're saying as you're saying more as you need an independent body off the team instead of people just on the team? You can have both, but you need that independent body. Is that what you're saying? Correct, because there's a lot of bias in the team network. I'm not there's Mm -hmm. no finger pointing. We're just being truthful. We're being real with each other. Yeah, that's what this program's about. No sugarcoating. Tell it like it is. (laughs) Right. There's. There's going to be people who have their own intentions for, you know, I mean, their situation. So being able to I know you could speak to a leader because the team wants them to be a leader. You see what I'm saying? But sometimes you can't speak to a leader. Sometimes you can't say what you got to say to a teammate because you don't know how you're going to be judged, even if you could say it anonymously. Uh, uh, say it just without having your name tied to it, it would be a great impact. I know you could go to uh, your NCAA representative, but good Lord knows how long that will work and what would happen. You see what I'm saying? I I, I fully listen. I I think we both fully understand because we're both employees for somebody. I was an employee for someone, but I understand your feelings Because you're basically saying, if I go forward, like they say in my world, being a whistleblower, you have all these federal protections, but guess where you end up? In the heap of those nobody wants. You get basically listed out of employment. So I understand your feelings there totally and completely in that regard. Right. Now, and thank you for kind of... uh, you know, discussing that part for you, you know, like you said, it's, it's about the collective and, you know, expressing those opinions. How do you see making sure that, like you said, even with an independent body, that it's not just favoring those at the top, you know, more or less the top of the food chain, you know, the star athletes versus the ones that are working their butt off on the third, second or third string. Like how, how do you see that body making sure that everyone gets a piece or, or gets a fair, 
benefits, whether it be revenue share or medical benefits, like how do you make sure that that independent committee is represented by all, all types and all backgrounds um, together? How do, you, how do you see that being formed? Well, it, it starts with with the, the, the pillars that we have and starting and setting that base. So mm -hmm. we're not never going to sway from it. So once you once you establish that foundation, it's hard to to lean and go a different route. So mm -hmm. we have already established that foundation when it's come to the communication, especially with the leadership committee. This is what the mm -hmm. leadership committee was built up for mm -hmm. in order to engage and communicate with the football players, because like you all know, Professor Stahl is not a football player. Right. <laughs> he's not he, he's not a football player. He, he never right. was a football player, but right. he understands football players and he understood that he needed to get a leadership committee in order to communicate with college football players and with other football players, pre-existing football players, alumni, all kinds of different football players, European football players, you know what I mean? So you could basically have one collective whole. Got it. And yeah, I just pulled up on the screen some of the members of the leadership committee here. Like you said, you got a mix of uh, all over the board, a uh, part of the committee here. So um, and, and that's a good point. Like you said, you have people from all different backgrounds, all different, you know, all different conferences and different playing experiences, it seems like. And so with that said, uh, and, and I, I like that diversity there that you have for that. What how do you go ahead and to market the organization, the association to college athletes? I think, you know, it's coming the news, the meetings with Penn State. Um, how do you, one, how are you picking which which athletic programs to discuss the this initiative with? Um, and two, it, I'll start there. How, how do you identify which programs may be open to this idea? And, and then how do you approach them? Are you part of those conversations or do you guys as a collective come together and say, Hey, 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 guys! I, I think we should go and talk to Florida State or Penn State. Or how, how does that how does that get developed? And and what makes you think certain programs are more open to this than others are? Right. Well, collectively, as the leadership committee, we have our own chat and mm -hmm. we talk to basically various different players that we've either played with or known. Mm -hmm. I feel like that. Uh, I feel like institutionally, like picking and choosing, like what happened with. Jason Stahl and the meeting with Penn State, I, mm -hmm. those are like, I guess, what I say the higher ups and sure. uh, I guess the board members, I would say that's sure. a meeting for them. But we usually talk about our players and people that we know previously that we played with. Like, for example, I played with a I played in three different institutions. So mm -hmm. even if it's like the seniors and the pre-existing players, alumni that I know, that's who usually we target for the leadership committee. Uh, let me, uh, Alonzo, along that same thought, when you're reaching out to people, because obviously this is about people count. How many people can we get into the association to make it successful? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. I want to explore a little bit your thoughts on how do you do that publicly or do you have to do it undercover like what we're reading or hearing about at Penn State? where Jason Stahl had to be basically covertly brought in to speak to a hundred athletes, as it was reported at Penn state without coaching, know about it, without the AD knowing about it, without, you know, a total <laughs> secret. So how, how do you go about your business and, and, and accumulate members? How does that work? And where are we in that regard? So if you could lead with the Penn state piece and lead it, I appreciate it. 
Right. Okay. So it, that speaks on the the nature of the job that we're doing and the nature of the work that we're in. Uh, I understand that it's is really tough, kind of, for you to uh, basically talk to that many players at one time. So I understand what was going on, and I understand that it's the nature of the beast. In order for you to have that engagement and that conversation with that many players. You think that uh, coaches willingly? There's not many coaches that are willingly going to bring in somebody who is stirring the pot, as you would say, for a coach or for right. an established like that. Yeah. Uh, he just wouldn't necessarily willingly bring it in, even though it's for the greater good of the player and the health of the player and the 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 overall picture of college football. He's not going to just willingly bring them in. So it's kind of like a double edged sword. You have to work your way around being the bad guy without being the bad guy because we don't want to be the bad guy that's not who we are we're not trying to pin anybody against anybody and push any we want for the collective whole for everybody to have benefits and everybody to be served well and mm -hmm. if that means you know he has to be snuck in to talk to however many players then i i i respect them for doing it and when it comes to us for the leadership committee, I, I, I'm not going to say I, I necessarily would take those risks, but I understand you have to reach out to players and talk to players. And there would be those strings in those conversations like, oh, my coach says that uh, he doesn't want to speak into you or he doesn't. But is you know, what I mean, it's not necessarily that's not what we're here for. We just want the overall best of the college football players. But let, let me I have a follow up to that, KB. And, and, and that would be this, Alonzo. Does that mean then moving forward that you guys have to reach out around coaching and athletic departments in order to get your message out? Or do you do both? Could you both go? Could you uh, communicate to Florida State through their media or through their contacts at the AD and say, we would like to come in and speak to a collective group of your athletes or your senior, your leadership on your team? And, and if they say no, then you have to go covertly. I mean, is that how you're approaching this both sides? Or are you mainly going covertly at this point? It's it's tough to be truthful with you. I feel like personally, I feel like we're out there. I feel like mm -hmm. our names are out there. The establishment's out there. The is We're out there. So when I speak to players, I don't necessarily try to hide it from their coaches, nor do I try to have it hidden from there because I know a lot of coaches and I know a lot of strength and conditioning coaches who were interested in questioned and not put names out there, but wanted to know more about the organization sure. and know what's going on. I feel like it's more of a higher up situation, especially when it comes to that communications with Florida state and communications with the AD mm -hmm. and allowing us to come in there and speak to players. Cause I know we, we, we would love to, and we were willing to, but you know, it, you're, you're drawing the fine line between wanting and being able to. We would love to, but we might but, not be able but to. But as far as you know, then, uh, Jason Stahl does not reach out directly to the, administ the sports <clears throat> administrations at these universities, like the ADs, to request permission to come in. He doesn't do that, right? From what I know, I, I, I have no idea. I, I would assume they reach out to all aspects and angles, especially for, like, the unit when he wanted to talk to Minnesota and these other Big Ten schools, I, I yeah. believe he would reach out. 
I believe yeah, that's thing. Yeah. I don't believe we're going anywhere covert to where we're not being public about it. And well, not, I think I think it's a good idea. I'm not here to recommend right. yeah. <laughs> things, ideas. But then if you reach out, right, if right. you reach out for comment or for, hey, we'd like to do this this way and they say no, then you have to go about your business in a different way, I guess. Right. right? It, it sounds like the path of least resistance is through the athletes or through, like you said, when you get to the AD level, it's harder to even just call. I'm just speaking from a sales perspective. When I'm call, you know, trying to call to an AD or CEO is a lot harder to get through than the kind of the lower, the people on the ground floor who you're trying to talk to and who actually see the value in it right. starting from there. So I, I, I can see what you're saying there, but that's, that's interesting. Well, let me ask you about the big 10 media day they just had. My understanding is that uh, Professor Stahl actually had some kind of meeting with the commission, with the commissioner of, of uh, and then they had some kind of talks going on. And then he was disinvited to show up for media day. Is that your understanding or please just correct us? It happens all of us. Right. Okay. Uh, so from what my understanding is that he had that meeting, that covert meeting that we all know of with a hundred players and supposedly, uh, I guess a strength and conditioning coach or an assistant right. coach mm -hmm. caught them in the meeting last right. five minutes, 10 minutes. Right. And, uh, there was conversation with uh, Kevin Warren and all these other people from the Big Ten, supposedly. And he was and I believe the those there were two people from the CFBPA was supposed to be invited to the, the media day. Yeah, right. And um, they basically had talk amongst themselves and then come to find out now it would just be a, a player advisory board or something that they're going to go on with. Yeah. And instead mm -hmm. of taking this step in yeah well i was gonna ask you and that that's kind of what i was i was gonna ask you about too before um bruce brought that up is what are your thoughts on that like you said seems like the b10 kind of took your idea and said oh well, well let's just take what they're doing and do it ourselves and then disinvite them from the big party so what 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 are your thoughts you know jason may have his own <laughs> thoughts on that but what are your thoughts on big 10 saying and we know these big organizations sometimes whether it's a conference or a company they love to they love to think up ideas but they hate to implement them they love to say words but not act on them so what are your thoughts around them saying oh yeah we're going to create our own player advisory board we're going to invite sean clifford and guys from the big 10 you know the star bring them together and get their thoughts on on what we should do basically stealing y'all's idea what, what are your thoughts on them doing that do you think it's just words and not actions <laughs> or what, what are your overall opinions of that i think that uh they can't forget the main picture and that's the voice of the college football player. And that's what they're making the board for. And that's what they're doing all these things for. So as long as they're keeping the voice of the player heard, then to be truthful with you, I don't have any negative things to say besides the fact that you can get that voice lost. And that's what you see time to time again, after anything of this nature pops up, it kind of like smothers it in the ground after so long. Cause yeah. you know, they made a board for it and they have these representatives from these different teams and they speak, spoke about it. And he went, talked to his team and came back and now everything's fine. So as long as they're addressing the, what needs to be addressed, then I could, but I don't, I don't think that at the end of the day it will be. Yeah. It, it is uh, Alonzo is, is the word union. Is that, is that something that people don't want to use? Why is that a dirty word, union versus association? <laughs> this is a tough program, Alonzo. <laughs> right. Uh, it's 
I feel like we're I feel like it's not a bad word and not nothing negative. I feel like there's a lot of stipulations that come with it. Mm-hmm. So besides that, I feel like that's the a main reason of why we would like to stay away from it because we are a players association. We yeah. we're not a union. It, it it's never been spoken of that in our inner groups of that's what we necessarily want to do, but you can't take away the trajectory of things. If it does blow up or if people start to open their eyes and realize that the health and the care of college football players is what is needed, especially in the NCAA and especially in college sports, then you may see a lean towards possibly unionizing with an abundance of members. Yeah, because we have we, as you know, is the NFL Players Association, right? Correct. That's basically in the old terms. Uh, you know, unions is a kind of an older classical term. Okay, I think association is kind of a new term. Right. When you're protecting the rights and benefits of employees, and maybe that's the key. Are we moving towards college athletes? in particular, in this case, football players becoming employees since we are now seeing the break of the NIL, which was a shock to college, the college football world and college sports in general. Are we moving towards an employee management status? And management has never welcomed unions or associations. At all. Well, I think as Alonzo and Jason probably know, like the, the Supreme Court's already ruled that college athletes are basically employees. Like uh, Brett Kavanaugh came out the, the Austin, Austin, Austin case. Yeah, the Austin, the Austin case. case. Yeah. Basically, in his opinion, said your college athletes are being treated as employees. They're just not getting fair compensation for it. So, like you said, it's already written on the Supreme Court side. There just isn't a structure around it at this point. Right. Um, but to that point, Alonzo, you know, you came in, you're coming in at the tail end of NIL, really, you know, it seems like. So do you think I don't know if it's the tail end? Well, I mean, I mean, that, that, yeah, yeah, that wagon so, has left, but it's still the wild, wild west out well, there. The gold and, rush is still on. Exactly. So for that, do you think NIL helps with your, your cause or is muddying the waters for your cause or, or helps it? I feel like it's more reasoning behind it because mm-hmm. you got to think about it. No offense to these young men because that's what they are mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, you're giving 18, 17 year old, even sometimes thousand <laughs> dollar deals. And yeah. what do you do as a kid whenever I know what I do when <laughs> yeah. I was 18, 17 with that yeah. much money? So you got to look at the guidance aspect and the responsibility of basically the outlookers looking in, like you would want the best for other people's children and your child too. You don't want them to just be crashing out as the young kids say, just going do whatever based off the money they get. And an association, a players association is a good help to guide young men. So they're not doing that. They're actually utilizing their money well and becoming good college football players and not just, spinning all one spot and then what if they blow their knee out or take their ACL, for example, and then, you know, you're out of that check. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're out of that NIL deal. You're not as popular. Your Jersey's not selling as much. You know I mean? We got to be realistic here. So mm-hmm. that's a great it, point. It, uh, is it, is it fair to ask you what your membership is right now? My current membership? 
Yeah, no, the membership of the association. How many members you members. have? Oh, I, I truthfully number. don't know that number personally. Uh, like I said, it would be a higher up, I guess, mm -hmm. assumption. But I believe in the next coming months or the year, we would be public with our numbers, and you'd be able to see it on the website and everything. Okay, very cool. And I want to respect your time a lot, so I know we're coming up on our 25-minute mark where we want to keep you on, so we want to respect your time. So, Bruce, you have one more question? Yeah, for I've got, a, I've got a question. All right. Have you guys contacted – ACC schools or including Florida State. That's who we talk about. We talk about the Florida State Seminoles. That's who we are. And and have you have you had any contacts there? Right. For my knowledge, I and haven't. You don't have spoken. to reveal any names. <laughs> right. Not yeah. Well, Especially our quarterback. Okay. Right. Right. That would be a good person to speak to, but <laughs> I haven't, or I I don't believe, from my knowledge and from the leadership standpoint, leadership committee standpoint, we haven't spoken to anybody from Florida State. Uh, from the ACC, I want to say uh, we've spoken to a few people from Georgia Tech, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, but that's all so far. We're hoping that we reach out to more, I want to say. And I know a few people from Georgia Tech also. And I I hope they eventually join. And it would be a great, great members to add on because the ACC does have a lot of potential. Absolutely. Okay, I'll just a couple words, then KB, you can close it out here. But uh, first of all, Alonzo, we want to thank you for coming on the program. I want to thank you personally. Um, we've asked you some tough questions, and, and you've really handled them very well. I believe this. I believe just like NIL rocked college football, I think we are moving towards a player association, whether it's your association or a competing association, you're and you're aware there are competing associations out there, correct? Correct. Okay. I believe you guys are on the forefront of player associations, unions, call them whatever you want. I think that's going to happen because I think the players and what you're saying deserve better treatment in mm -hmm. the end. So I, I, I am one that fully supports your organization and what you're trying to do. And I think and I hope you can do it more publicly instead of going through the back doors, because I think that that's going to be one of the keys for your organization. But thanks for coming on, KB. Yeah, I think Alonso is the great example of going through the medical hardships, fighting back. And there should be some sort of safety net if someone's going to put their body on the line. So, uh, no, I appreciate you coming on, Alonso. I'll give you the final floor here uh, before we let you go. We continue on, but I uh, want to thank you. But what would you like to promote? And you're you like welcome back anytime. Absolutely. All right. I appreciate you guys. I, I, I appreciate you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, I just want to say, like we always say at the end, we're not a union. We are an association and mm -hmm. we want to keep that frame. And if anybody has any questions, comments anything you can reach out to me on my instagram my twitter uh it would be underneath the college player association.com page so if you guys are interested come on over there either uh submit your name submit your email and we'll get back to you or just reach out to me appreciate absolutely. you guys for having me absolutely alonzo thank you again and that's cfbpa.org you can be a member sign up be a member uh and support the cause and alonzo we want to thank you again and uh have a great rest of your evening sir you too come back and see us sometime okay alonzo. yes sir bye take bye. care bye-bye um and yes thank you again alonzo for your time we'll we'll go ahead and tweet out um you know with this recording uh his information so if you want to contact him get more information get an interview with him um but it was some great uh great questions there he answered and gave us, i think both of us some background and answered some tough questions because yeah i mean yeah we we invite people onto this program. 
And yeah. some people don't want to do it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think we, we ask good questions. Uh, I think they're fair questions. I think Alonzo handled those very professionally. And uh, uh, I think it was great having him on. He's always welcome. Uh, members of that organization are welcome on here at any time. Just get out, contact us. We're glad to have you on. But I do believe, as I told Alonzo, I do believe that that college football is moving that direction. And now, with, because if you know anything about unions, okay, unions was, you know, was the key word many, many years ago. There are still unions, worker unions, the steel workers union, the truckers union. These unions, and there's a lot of different opinions on this, they were set up to negotiate with management about collective bargaining, collective bargaining about health benefits, pay, you know, other types of family issues, okay, to help the employee. Now, the unions also had corruption and theft and graft. Uh, yeah, and like, all, everything. You know, like everything. Like everything. But that was why they were set up. The NFL has a player association, which and baseball has an asso player association. The NBA has a player association. And what they do is when they don't get what they want in terms of revenue and other things, what, what we all know what they do. What do they do? They, they shut down. the they game down. down. Yeah. They shut the game down. Well, I and think before you let me finish. Before you had those associations, you had players and management, owners. And the owners basically would say, you don't like it, go take a hike, right? Yeah. And people were were the you know were thrown out of the game, basically blacklisted out of the game. And I can name some of those. Kurt Flood, who was an outfielder for the St. Louis Cardinals way back in the day, way back in the 60s. Okay, he was one of the first ones to start the 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 the, the banter for free agency. We can't forget who these people were that paid a price to get what they wanted. Yeah. And college football players are under extreme pressure, athletes in general. But college football, they get beat up. And when you're done with them, they're cast aside in a lot of cases. Oh, I think in almost every case uh, they, they are, uh, unless they can afford to pay for injury insurance and, and things like this, which is probably only for the most well often star players who can afford to buy that liability insurance. But I think that's the biggest thing is, is they're looking to be an association like the NFL is set up. I think, like you said, the word union has stigma around it and it's not, doesn't play well. It does have a stigma. So, and I think that's where Alonzo is trying to frame it. The right. They're looking to be a collective bargaining association that can fight for the rights of the player, right. um, which, which is great. But um, and I, I think with that, um, there's some great things came out, you know, we're all reading articles around this and that's why we wanted to have Alonzo to give his side with the association, what they're pushing for. And as he brought up, a lot of this is, is still grassroots. They just celebrated their first year of the organization. First today. year anniversary. And, and so a lot of this is, is still through grassroots promotion of it. You know, you're trying to say, why aren't you going to the ADs? The ADs don't want anything to do with this because well, that's they're, management, they're, they're right? fine, but they're fine with the status quo. The ADs are fine with the status sure. quo. That, so well, that's these management. guys, that's these guys are just going to hang up with you. They're, they're just going to yeah. hang up on you. So they have to go through. Well, well, my point, my point, Katie, things my, po my point is this, as I told Alonzo, okay. And I'm not trying to tell his organization what to do, well, but my point is this. 
if you contact the university publicly and overtly, okay, right? If you're in there trying to sell computers or stuff, you're okay. going to contact them. And if they say no, they say no. So we tried. They can't say to you, well, why are you contacting our athletes under the table? We we don't want you here. Well, you we the association has a right to talk to people if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. That's but but that's this correct. is a classic employee against the ownership thing that that these organizations in sports have gone through. I think it'll just be interesting now what, what happens with the Big Ten, because I think uh, a, a point that came up when something when I was reading is that, you know, Big Ten met with Jason and the organization and then basically banned them and took their idea and said, we're going to create our own committee like we were talking about before. That's what they did. And That's and did. so what uh, something I read was brought up was, you know, what the Big Ten could have done is said, all right, Jason, we'll take we'll take you guys on. We'll take the organization on, take your leadership and inform something around it. And one, it could create, you know, because the, the each conference is going to have to create their own kind of, or like kind of collective bargaining thing, it seems like. Because there's no overall leadership that's going to do this. So the Big Ten could have said, all right, we're going to bring you guys in. We're going to create a collective bargaining agreement with the Big Ten schools. And we're going to negotiate whatever it is, whether it's a little bit of revenue share, whether it's just medical benefits, past, you know, past right. playing days. Right. And one, that would be, that would make them a new gen conference. One, it's it looks good. And yeah. then two, Look at the recruiting benefit that would be oh, to the Big Ten. If you, if, if the Big Ten commissioner could say, "Look, our schools are collective bargains. They get, you know, medical benefits. They get maybe a little bit of revenue share, pay across the board." Like, imagine what that could have done. I see. That's why. I, that's the thing I don't understand is why isn't the conference looking at, well, at well, it from just, that perspective? Like, KB, KB, how just, to elevate the conference? KB, just like you said, union is a bad word. Okay, but, it brings uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, it brings derogatory, negative. But you know what the other bad word is right now? And it started with nil. You know what it is? It's called pay for play. Oh, we don't, we don't want to pay for play. Okay, I, I think that nobody. That stuff is but but you know I, what? I think that that word's going to go away too because I think you just hit on it. These conferences, these mega conferences could basically negotiate with the players, okay, through a council or whatever. now. They could negotiate the, the players cheaper for a cheaper now. rate now, get ahead of it, lock and, it in and, for 10 years or 15 years. And right. And say our conference, for each player who's there, one year you get X amount. Exactly. Two years you get X amount. Four-year player gets they, X they, amount of benefits and revenue share. You're about to make a billion dollars on this media deal. They can set this up, oh, save in the long term, absolutely. and be the premier conference for oh, having collective bargaining They've got to be thinking about that. And then their recruitment goes through the roof. Yes, they, they'll and get a short-term The other mega conferences are going to have to do fall the same. They'll have to fall in line. Yeah. So it starts to take on its life of its own. And unfortunately – these independent player associations, okay, like like the 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 college football players association under the direction of of, of Jason Stahl, could go by the wayside. Okay, but if you were smart, yeah. if they were smart, if the ACC was smart, if they wanted to try to save this conference, they, why don't you why don't you collective bargain with your players? They could be very creative to why do something. Why don't like they that? try to get proactive and say one last yeah. throw? we're going to collect a bargain with our players. So yeah. we're going to be the first well, conference that does this. I, I, I think I the conference is still dead in the long term, but yeah. that could be their last gas of being the next gen conference that has collective bargaining and they become bright for 
you know, the bright, shiny conference, the next, the, the forward thinking conference. But yeah, and we don't wish any ill will to the College Football Players Association for which uh, Alonzo Creighton was on here, gracious to, sh- to come no, on. I, here I think, I don't think, I don't think, like Alonzo said, he doesn't care if the big, like, as long as the Big Ten does the right thing by the players, that's what he cares. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't he care if his clear. organization becomes right. the leadership organization. They, he right. cares about the movement. Versus well, he also, I think his point was too, you need independent verification of this stuff. You can't have, uh, you know, uh, uh, you can't have the Big Ten just policing themselves unless you have an in the bot, independent body of people coming in. Yeah. You know, I think that's fair as well. But I, I, I think that like NIL, this is breaking ground and clearly uh, this organization, the, the CFPA, as is breaking ground in terms of, of getting these players protected. And that's what this is about. Yeah. Player rights, player protection in, in the long run. Yeah. And because that's what it was about for Major League Baseball, NBA basketball, and NFL football. They tell those, their association bargained to the fact you will have X amount of practices, this is how long they're going to last. This is how many will be in pads. This is when this is going to happen. This is how much you're going to pay athletes. When they leave the game, you owe them a pension of. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, so that's what this is all about. And I think they're in the wild, wild west of this right now. I don't like, I think it's going to be a tough go for these associations because they have to do everything covertly. You know, they have to kind of sneak in the back door like at Penn State. That's not ideally how you want to have to accumulate membership. Because it's it's you have that's how you have to do it though, because none of these schools want to do it. I I get I get it, but do you understand the pain and the bump? Yeah, it's called work. It's called work. Well, that's what it takes. I I get that, but it's a tough go because players don't want to be the guy whose name gets dropped out. Hey, this guy's doing this because he gets he gets pushed to the side and yeah. that happens. Well, that's why you have to have the stars be the high. That's why you have like Sean Clifford that when he turned and said, no, I'm going to go with the big 10 and not support this. That's why it was such a big blow. Well, that's why you have to have the stars. leaders of the team. You have to have the yeah, Jordan Travis, exactly. the Robert Cooper. Exactly. You have to have Fabian Lovett, Jamie Robinson. You have to have the top guys at these schools to establish a true chapter and that's what the association is trying to do. Yeah. They want to establish a chapter at each school yeah. so there's representation there. Yeah. I we wish them the best of luck. They're, they're I think it's necessary. I think it's I think it's a good thing they're doing and I hope they are accomplish it. Now one other point. As I said, there is a competing association out there and that's called the National College Players Association. Okay, mm-hmm. and it seems to have uh, the executive director is a guy named Ramugi Huma, H U M A. He's a former UCLA football player, and he seems this organization has been around a little bit longer. He says, according to him, the movement started in two thousand and one. Okay, I mean, it's I have been always been. I, there's always been. I have no idea how successful he has been in building this. Uh, And we don't know the numbers for any of these associations at this point, but it's, they've got a, they've got a tough nut to crack, but 
you know what other if they follow the models that happened in pro sports they have an opportunity yeah well you know, yeah I, yeah th those models have been very successful but you got to be able to shut down the game you got to be able to walk away and say we're not playing the national championship game well and so to that point i i think we're all on the on whether you know of the association we're all on the side of the association players rights now for the opposite opinion i want to play this clip i was watching like greg mcelroy former alabama quarterback his show today and uh, he brought up uh, it's a one set a one minute clip he brought up an interesting opinion here so i'll just play this quickly um and then we can kind of react to it uh real quick so let me go ahead and play this and uh and let, uh, i'll get your thoughts on it um make sure you can hear me wait i just want to make sure this audio pops up correctly all right cool all right let's uh let's react to this ready set go are exclusively worth the price of admission i mean johnny manzel comes to mind cam newton derrick henry the list goes on and on but ultimately the love for college football it resides not in the player that wears the uniform but in the uniform itself. Um, it's not to say when Marcus Mariota graduated in 2014, you go back in September and you see Autzen Stadium's completely full. Of course, they miss Marcus and they'll always appreciate the time that he spent in Eugene, Oregon. But ultimately, even the greatest players at some schools are replaceable. Now, sure, there are certainly players that are exclusively... So his point in this conversation was that... No matter who you are, the difference between pro and college football is that every player, no matter the best, except for a very few, even the very best, the Johnny, the most electric, Johnny Menzels, the Jameis Winstons, you know, even going back Charlie, all those players are replaceable because what people care about, they will still pack the stadium when those players leave. They will always, you know, people always pay money, go to the games, no matter when those players move on. So and each of those players are replaceable. Greg brought up a point where he said, if my, I was always the backup for most of my time in college. If my, the guy in front of me was going to sit out because he wasn't, you know, part of this, you know, players association was going to sit out. Was I not going to go and step up and play? Cause I would be the shot to, to be a starter. Yeah. If I'm second or you know third string, would I not get If I got a chance that this guy's going to sit out for more money or cause he's not, would I not step up? So I think he, I think it's an opposite viewpoint of it. And maybe the reason why college football doesn't feel like they need to move in this direction because it is that people are invested in the school and the jersey versus the player. And they're not invested in the player. And these players don't have, he, as Greg was saying, the leverage that people in the NFL do where it's smaller rosters, fewer amount of teams versus you have 85 players through hundreds teams and it's it's a lot more to to manage, and it, it, so I, I thought it was an interesting point. And, and, and the last point he brought up was, outside of the school that you support, can you name ten other college football players in the NCAA right now? Outside of Florida State, outside of Florida State, could you name I'm... ten other players in college football right now? <laughs> that just shows you, you the level to... <laughs> the level of investment. You do not care about anything else but your school. Bryce Young. Well, that's yeah. Exactly. There's three players, other than the, the Heisman contenders. That's all you could name, and that's that's only the what most 85 percent, 90 percent of college fans know. And so I think it's an interesting point. This is from a college player, former college player, and he says they always support 
just like we were saying, we'll always support with the benefit of the player health, but he says there's no way he thinks he'll get revenue share. So I, I thought it was an opposite perspective. So I, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet a lot of money. They won't get revenue share. I like the concept of what you're saying is that this will become a benefit for each conference to figure out, like yeah. they figured out how much schools would get right yeah. when they yeah. divide up. So they divide up the pile of money and, and, and Wake Forest gets this amount, Georgia Tech gets this amount. They all get equal amounts, correct? Yeah. Well, but Notre yeah. Dame, see, supposedly if Notre Dame came in, they'd get an unequal amount. How do you think that's going to set with the other schools? Not well. That's because they have I don't, I don't, I don't care They're not. who they are. It's not going to sit well. So there may have to be a separate pile of money that's divided up to players. Okay. I think that's realistic. I really think it's realistic. And, I think they just have to figure out what their leverage point is. And, right and, and, and and like the ACC commissioner got up there and basically kind of said, we need to capture the true heart of college football. That is gone unless you're down at division level three or club where you're playing for their school. We like Florida State because that's who we are. Okay. We win or lose. And I sat there in the stands as a student in 1973, I believe it was, 0 and 11. So I don't believe there's many people who are on Seminole media sites that say they sat in that stadium. But I never quit on them. I never walked away on them. And I never will walk away with them on them. Okay, so it is about that. But we're talking about a new generation of football and taking care of people because people can get chewed up in systems. I don't care where you work. You could be working in a coal mine or the airline industry or uh, picking up garbage or whatever you're doing. You can get chewed up by management. Associations and unions were set up to protect the worker. So we have to define, is a college athlete, specifically football players here in this case, are they employees? It and is. the Supreme Court, the court has the, said, yes, they are. look it up, everybody, the Alston case. It's uh, Alston, where is it? I got it written down here someplace. Oh, man. Right Alston, right Alston, no, Alston versus. Yes, I have it right here. Okay, I can't even read it. But yeah, Alston sorry. versus uh, the NCAA where these decisions were basically opened up the gates for NIL and these other things. So I, I think we're on the, the cusp as that word cusp of, of, of some, some new movements here of revenue sharing, because then they have to say, well, pay for play. Well, it's pay for play. This is minor league football for the NFL. We are the feeder system. We yeah. are the feeder system. Period. Yeah. So let's stop pretending yeah. that we're not. But how many people go to the NFL and make it? 1% for four years? Is, yeah. You know, 1% for four years? What happens to all the other players? They get their college degree? Maybe. Yeah. But, you know. All I, right. I, well, I, we'll end it on that. We'll end on that. So, and and just to quote the Kavanaugh decision on, on the employee, non-employee argument, the way one of his quotes from the opinion was the NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. And that's true because that's literally what he said in his opinion. What the players do in the stadium produces all the revenue from TV tickets 
snack bars, shirts, jerseys, footballs for the school. So the school says, well, we're giving you a four-year scholarship, full ride. Okay, how much is that worth? We'll, we'll calculate that in there, but it's still money. You're still giving them money, right? And it's called a scholarship. Yeah. It's money. Okay. So, all right, cool. I, I think we'll do more on this. It's a great topic. Uh, Alonzo Creighton, if you're still listening, uh, we enjoyed you being on here. Welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Alonzo, and for your insights uh, and, and you know your open commentary and, and for being a great representation of the organization. And thank you for the College Football Players Association for uh, you know referring us to him. Uh, and Jason and Stahl for uh, yeah, Jason Stahl for uh, uh, hooking us up with Alonzo. Yeah. So we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have them on in the future again for updates. Um, as this topic is obviously going to be trending uh, with everything else. So, yeah, that'll do it for the show, I think, for tonight. Uh, once again, if you haven't already subscribed, you haven't already liked on YouTube, a visit us there on Twitter. You can follow us at uh, uh, Seminole, or I always forget our Twitter handle. It's not the same. It's Seminoles SL365 on Twitter. Go ahead and follow us there. Uh, and then, as always, subscribe on Google, Google Play Store or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your uh, iHeart, this episode will be up tomorrow at the latest. Um, and then, yeah, and then we have a big commitment watch this weekend. Um, if you are going to be around Saturday, 3 p.m., Brock Glenn is going to be committing. Um, so that'll be a commitment watch for our, our potentially our next quarterback. That's, the, that's, so, the, uh, that's the recruit that scared off Chris Parsons, right? Yeah, so if we need yeah. to land him or, or we'll be talking about something next week. So, um, so yeah, that'll do it, guys. Thanks again for your time, for everyone's okay. time. Have a great uh, rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take okay, care, see you again, folks. Bye-bye. Bye.